one of the great things about Christmas is reading the nativity story. So reading uh, the birth of Jesus. But you know the birth of Jesus actually started hundreds of years before he came to Bethlehem. The birth of Jesus was predicted uh, by prophets called Micah and by a prophet called Isaiah. And we're going to read from Isaiah. So Cole is going to read from Isaiah chapter 9. And then Scott will read from Luke's Gospel. You should have a copy of this in your hand called The Essential Jesus. And Scott will read from that. Thanks, Carly. Hello, everyone. Today's reading comes from Isaiah chapter 9, starting at verse 2. The people walking in darkness have seen a great light. A light has dawned on those living in the land of darkness. You have enlarged the nation and increased its joy. The people have rejoiced before you as they rejoice at harvest time and as they rejoice when they divide the spoils. For you have shattered the oppressive yoke and the rod on their shoulders, the staff of their oppressor, just as you did on the day of Midian. For the trampling boot of battle and the bloodied garments of war will be burned as fuel for the fire. For a child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulder. He will be named Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Eternal Father, Prince of Peace. The the dominion will be vast and its prosperity will never end. He will reign on the throne of David and over his kingdom to establish and sustain it with justice and righteousness from now on and forever. The zeal of the Lord of hosts will accomplish this. Friends, if you open up your essential Jesus to page 12... We will start from the first paragraph, page 12, and it's from Luke, chapter 2. And while they were there in Bethlehem, the time came for her to have a baby, and she gave birth to her firstborn son. And because there was no room for them in the inn, she wrapped him in strips of cloth and used an animal food trough for his cradle. In that part of the country, there were shepherds who stayed out in the fields at night to keep guard over their flock. Without warning, one of the Lord's angels appeared to them, and the blinding brilliance of the Lord shone all around them. They were terrified, but the angel said to them, Do not be afraid. Listen, I am here to bring you, good, bring you news of great joy, which is for all the people. Today, a saviour has been born to you in the city of David. He is Christ the Lord. And this will be the sign for you. You will find a child wrapped up in strips of cloth and lying in a food trough. Suddenly there appeared with the angel a vast company of the heavenly armies, praising God and saying, Glory to God in the highest, and peace on earth among those with whom he is pleased. After the angels had left them and gone back to heaven, the shepherds said to each other, Come on, let's go into Bethlehem and see this thing that has taken place, which the Lord has made known to us. They went quickly and discovered Mary and Joseph and the baby lying in a food trough. When they saw this, 
they revealed the message that had been told to them about this child, and everyone who heard it was amazed at what the shepherds said. Mary treasured all these things and thought them over in her heart. The shepherds went back, glorifying and praising God for everything they had heard and seen, which had happened just as they had been told. Thanks, Scott. I do love Christmas. This year in particular, I have loved the carols in a new way. Uh, I don't know what it is, but this year, as you're singing words like, uh, uh, Veiled in flesh, the, the Godhead see, hail the incarnate deity. Uh, suddenly, those words, the truth that, that Jesus is actually God, who is uh, in flesh. He stepped from heaven to take on human flesh. Uh, word of the Father now in flesh appearing. They're just, they're just profound words. Uh, at Cowers Under the Bridge, I shared with you a verse from Hark the Held, if you were there. Uh, Peace on earth and mercy mild, God and sinners reconciled. This morning, I want to share with you another verse from a carol, from my favourite carol called O Holy Night. This is the verse. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. A thrill of hope, the weary world rejoices. Isn't that a beautiful verse? It is so descriptive, it's so emotive. I think that word, that one word, weary, is the perfect word for our world. Our world is wonderful, but it's weary. Our world is beautiful, but it's broken. As you look back on 2013 in our world, you've had fighting and factions, you've had floods, you've had famines, you've had disease, you've had disaster, you've had dictators, you've had death. Weary is a great word to describe our world, isn't it? And maybe, just maybe, weary is a, a great word to describe you this morning. Uh, weary from work, weary from financial worries, weary from health issues, weary from relationship issues. Weary is a wonderful word, isn't it? And uh, when you are weary, what do you want? Don't you want some relief? Don't you want some answers? Don't you want some positive news? Don't you want some hope? A thrill of hope. Uh, what he's saying is that, that when Jesus steps into his world, it's like the, the sky lit up that night with the word H-O-P-E, hope, blazed over the earth. Uh, the birth of Jesus is similar. You know, you know when you're sitting at the doctor's and you're waiting on your test results and you've got that nervousness and you've got that sweat and all you want to hear is the words, it's good news. And that flood of relief just comes over you. When Jesus steps into the world, that's the hope that he brings, the relief do you know when you're going through times of trial and times of tragedy and you feel all alone? 
and somebody just comes up to you and they put your arm around your shoulder and they give you a hug and they speak a word of kindness. And just that comfort, that's what hope is. It's comfort. It's love. It's kindness. It's, it's meaning. It's purpose. It's answers to a weary world. And then my two words for you this Christmas. Christmas is about hope. Christmas is about joy. And they are much better words to cling on to this Christmas than words like holiday, family, food, fun, busy, expensive. Christmas is joy. Christmas is hope. Let's look at the word hope. Jesus is your hope. When the Bible uses the word hope, it doesn't mean wishful thinking. It's not something that you, you, you long for that might or might not happen. Like, I hope that England win at least one <laughs> test in its ashes. It's unlikely. But, you know, it never, it, you never know. It might happen. And miracles might happen. <laughs> I hope to be in a boy band, a man, man band now. I'm too old for boy bands. That's unlikely. But you never know, it might happen by some miracle. The hope in the Bible is a certainty, it's a guarantee, it's a confidence, it's something that will happen that will change your now. Now, do you remember Isaiah? Isaiah 9 says this A child will be born for us, a son will be given to us, and the government will be on his shoulders, and he will be named Wonderful Counselor. Mighty God, everlasting Father, and Prince of Peace. He will reign and establish and sustain his kingdom with justice and with righteousness. Now, isn't that the hope that you want? Someone who will rule his world with justice and with righteousness. Isn't that what we need? Somebody who's a, the perfect counsellor. Someone who is the all-powerful God. Someone who is the Prince of Peace. child is born a son is given surely we want a king, we want a ruler and what do you get a helpless humble baby born not in a palace but in a pig trough born not in Jerusalem but born in a backwater town called Bethlehem but on that first Christmas morning, it's almost like hope personified entered his world. Not as a concept, but as a child. Do you remember the, the message the angels sang that first Christmas? Do not be afraid, I bring you good news of great joy that will be for all the people, and that includes you this morning. Today, in the town of David in Bethlehem, look at the next word. It's not a baby was born, a, a saviour was born, a, a deliverer, a rescuer. That is your hope in the saviour child. And he's been born to you, for you. That makes Christmas personal. That is hope, the hope of salvation, the hope of life, the hope of being right with your God, the hope of something beyond this life. And hope entered the world in a dark and dingy stable with a helpless, humble child, and his name was... Jesus. 
You know the story, don't you? Mary is pledged to be married to Joseph. They haven't slept together. She's still a virgin. Suddenly she's pregnant in those days. If you were unmarried and pregnant, you would be outcast, that you were disgraced, you'd even be stoned to death. Joseph is a righteous man. He decides to divorce her quietly. And then the angel suddenly appears. Do not be afraid, he says. This child has been conceived by the Holy Spirit. She'll give birth to a son. And he will be called Jesus. What does that name mean? What does the name Jesus mean? God saves. Every time you look at the sun, you go, God saves. God saves. And at that moment in history, when God stepped into his world, at that moment in history where God left the luxuries of heaven and became a human being, he became one of us. That's when hope entered our weary world. How can, a, how can a baby bring you hope? There's a woman doing her last-minute Christmas shopping at Westfield. Uh, weary is a good word to describe that woman. <laughs> she was tired of fighting the crowd. She was tired of the long queues. She was tired of empty aisles. She was tired of carrying all this stuff around with her. And she squeezed into this lift full of tired people. And she uttered these words, whoever is responsible for this Christmas thing ought to be arrested and shot. And a lone voice in the lift said, oh, don't worry. They've already crucified him. Because that's Christmas, isn't it? This child didn't remain a child. The hope this child brings, it began with a no vacancy sign. It ended with scoffing and spitting and a crucifixion, a humble birth but a horrendous death. Because your hope is in the child who carried your sins and my sins on his shoulders and took them to Calvary and died for you. That's your hope. The hope that a God loves you enough to utter the words, I forgive you. Your hope that the God who made you loves you enough to say, I'll never leave you, I will never forsake you. The hope that the God who loves you enough will carry you to glory because you're trusting in Jesus. That's the hope that you need. I love this poem by Steve Turner. Uh, Christmas is really for the children. Especially for children who like animals and stables and stars and babies wrapped in swaddling clothes. There are wise men, kings in fine robes, humble shepherds and a hint of rich perfume. Easter's not really for the children. Unless accompanied by a chocolate egg. It has whips and blood and nails and a spear and allegations of body snatching. It involves politics, God and the sins of the world. It's not good for people of a nervous disposition. They do better to think on rabbits and chickens and the first snowdrop of spring. Or they do better to wait just for a rerun of Christmas. Without asking too many questions about what God did when he grew up. And whether there's any connection. This is your saviour child, the hope of the world. A thrill of hope. A weary world rejoices. Isn't that what you want? In your weariness, in your trials, in your tribulations, you want hope. A purpose. A reason, some relief. That is Christmas. He's your hope.
And when you've understood hope, your heart is filled with joy. Jesus is your joy. I bring you good news of great joy. Please don't confuse joy and happiness. Please don't confuse joy and happiness. They're not the same thing. Happiness is based on what is happening. Happiness is based on your circumstances. You know, you could be happy with your family and happy in your friendships and happy in your job, but what happens when those things are taken away from you? Happiness is like uh, the emotion, like the rain or the wind that's here one day, it's gone the next, and you never know what you're going to wake up to. I'm not talking about happiness. I'm talking about joy. Because joy is like the sun that's always there. Joy is that deep-seated security, that deep-seated contentment, that deep-seated peace, that deep-seated satisfaction that you know who you are and you know where you're going. You know what life's about. O Holy Night continues with these words, the King of Kings lay thus in a lowly manger. The king lay in a manger. In all our trials, he was born to be our our friend. Not just our king, but our friend. He knows your needs. He knows your needs. Our weakness is no stranger. Behold your king and humbly kneel before him. Now that is the goodness of great joy, that the king knows your needs. He became your friend. He is your saviour. And when you hear the words from your maker, I love you, I forgive you, I hold on to you, I'll provide for you, I care for you, I'll take you into glory. Now that is joy, that deep-seated confidence in your God. Now the angels didn't say it is good news of great chore, did they? There's lots of things that can bring you joy. You can have the perfect body, but to hold on to that, you have to work out for three hours a day for the next 25 years. You can buy your dream house for a million dollars. That is good news, but then you've got the chore of paying off your mortgage. But this is good news of great joy. Why? Listen carefully, because it's a free gift. It costs you nothing. You don't have to work for it. You don't have to pay it off. God gives it to you for free this Christmas. He offers you hope. He offers you joy. What does he ask of you? Like every gift you've got this Christmas, he just asks you to open it, to receive it, and say the words, thank you. A thrill of hope. The weary world rejoices. I do pray this Christmas amongst your weariness, that Jesus would transform that, that he bring you hope and he bring you joy. Let me pray. Lord God in heaven, we, we stand in awe of you this morning that you would humble yourself to leave the security and the luxuries of heaven to be born as a man, to be born in obscurity and in humility, that you would love us that much. 
Father, thank you for the hope that Jesus brings. Thank you for the security and for the satisfaction and the confidence we can have of eternal life in Jesus. Please fill our hearts with all joy and peace in believing. In Jesus' name, amen.